Welcome to the Bold Hatching Podcast, episode 18 for August 31st, 2023. This is Jason Bryden. I started Bold Acting Studios for the money and uh, in January of this year and quickly realized that this is not where the money is. This is where the work is and the fulfillment is, but <laughs> I have had to change my expectations around teaching and salaries. Oh, who would have thought? I mean, up until now, everybody thought that teachers made all the money. Anyways, the stuff I've learned just by having to crystallize my wisdom into, you know, thoughts that you can actually convey to other people has been so satisfying that I don't think I could stop now even even if I wanted to, you know, even if... Um, even if money was no object, I'd still, I'd still do this. It's, it's a funny thing. People never tell you that giving is the most selfish thing you can do. Or maybe they do and I never heard it. That giving and serving others is, it's so selfish. It's such a shortcut to feeling good. One thing I'm confused about though is that what role does the ego play in that? You know, if it if it make if something makes you feel good, is it serving the ego? Like, do I walk away from class going, nailed it again? You know, I just dropped all those pearls of wisdom on those young people. They love me. I guess it can if you let it get away from you, right? If you let it get away from you. I was listening to a podcast called A Little Bit Culty by um, Sarah Edmondson and her husband. And, and I used to be friends with her. I guess I'm still friends with her. I didn't, nothing bad happened. It's just that, it's just that um, we haven't talked in, God, a decade or something like that. She joined a cult, Nexium, And I remember early on, have I said this before on this podcast? I'm getting deja vu again. Is this early onset dementia? Um, I went to one of the talks. She took me, a bunch of us, to one of the talks early on in her cult career. She said, you got to come and see this person speak. It's, it's really good. It's part of this organization that I'm a member of. And then afterwards, it was super boring. And then afterwards, um, she said, so what did you think? And I said, Sarah, that's a cult. That is definitely a cult. And it was. It was the Keith Rayner, you know, sex cult thing. Anyways, she wrote a book about it. Now she's doing this great podcast called A Little Bit Culty. I love it so much. I love hearing her voice. And she was interviewing other actors, one of which is another old friend of mine, about this acting class. Um, Michelle Lonsdale Smith. And it's an acting class. I don't know where it is. I think it's here in Toronto. Um, but it also got written up in uh, Vox or somewhere that it's also culty. And that got me thinking about, about the way I teach, obviously. Because when you're teaching, you can feel, you can feel wise. And that gives you a certain amount of power. And I'm wondering if it, if something can change along the way, if you don't keep watch 
on it. If you get drunk on power, I don't think that's possible for me because I'm so cynical. And a lot of times that I think that um, short changes me in life. But one upside to it is that I'm allergic to preciousness. I'm allergic to a cult of personality. I can't stand dogma. I've been around the block a bit and that I find that people that choose ideology over friends make me puke. And I don't have much time for it. Uh, I look at life, newly granted, but I look at life these days like an investor. You gotta diversify. You gotta diversify pretty much everything in order to mitigate risk. That's why I keep, um, and I'm half joking here, I keep my friend group separate. Because if I stick my foot in my mouth with one group, I'll still have another group to hang with. Um, my investments, those are diversified for obvious reasons. Same with acting class. You gotta take a lot of different classes. You can't just be with me for 15 years. I would never let you, that's disgusting. I would have so little respect for you. <laughs> and also, I tr I'd make you go crazy. I think anyone um, that's been with me for 15 years would have gone crazy so of course i don't i don't blame my ex-wife for one second for being my ex-wife all this to say is that i encourage my students if you're listening and you know what you should be you should absolutely be listening is to um get out while you can no take other classes take other classes for god's sake i don't have all the answers i don't think i have any answers i've just got a lot of questions and a lot of encouragement. So anyways, listen to a little bit culty. The episodes where they taught, um, shit, that's taught, I can't remember what it's called. It's about acting. Look it up. It's terrific. It's so good. And they're talking to people, she's talking to people, uh, and her co-host, her husband, um, uh, and they're talking to people that are, some of which I know and or one of which, and we know the same people, and God, it was just a, it was just a trip down memory lane, and when you're around for long enough, when you're a survivor, it's very, it can get very self-indulgent and sentimental thinking about those, the old days, you know, and all the people, and the faces, and the people you had sex with, and now everybody's old and has kids, and oh, it's just lovely. Anyways, uh, Sarah and her husband, Nippy, on A Little Bit Culty, they've been through a lot, a lot of adversity, and they've turned it into stuff. A book, there's a documentary, uh, there's a movement, there's a podcast. I love this. It's sort of like, and maybe you have to do some mental gymnastics for this to make sense, it's adversity as adventure. In Judith Kerr's YA novel, When Hitler Stole Pink Rabbit, uh, which is such a great book, uh, and it's based on her escape from Nazi Germany as a child, she writes about how leaving her home and moving to Switzerland, Paris, and then finally London was such a, a great adventure. It was not, of course, for her parents, but they managed to soften the edges of the, all these difficult transitions, and their child enjoyed the refugee experience. I mean, that's parenting for you, right? But it's a worthwhile exercise to try and treat difficulties like a picnic. Look forward to the challenges life throws at you, for the challenges are the only thing that are guaranteed. 
Try pursuing hardship instead of happiness. Look for the obstacles. Become good at smiling in the face of adversity. Because that's all that life is. Life is suffering. So now, what what if you look at the suffering and you rub your hands together? Yes, bring more of that, please. What if you're sick for it? What if you want that? You know? Instead of pursuing happiness, what if you pursued hardship? I don't know. I'm going to try this on for a while. I'm going to audition this approach. I can always go back to the way I was doing things before if it doesn't serve me. But like right now, I'm trying to sell my house and it didn't sell on Tuesday like I wanted it to. And I'm just practicing rubbing my hands together like, yeah, great, it didn't sell. Um, because why is this good? It would have been easier if it sold, you know, it would have been, the stress would have been over now for, for that thing. There, there'd be new stresses for finding a new place to live. So what's the upside? There's always an opportunity. There's always an upside. You've just got to look for it. Well, the upside is that I still have an opportunity to sell my house and make more money than I would have if I had settled on Tuesday. So that's big. That's worth it. That's worth more work. Who knows what's going to happen, right? There's an interest rate announcement uh, coming up in a few days. There's, um, I don't know, there's, um, people are going back to school. There's, there's new, there's, the fall is happening. There's a change in seasons. I mean, maybe there are things that I haven't considered that are about to happen. I don't know. Or maybe it could get worse. The fact that the point is, is that I don't know. So we don't know. So why are we always dooming and glooming it when hardship rears its head? Maybe it's a good thing. This idea was brought to you by reading a work of fiction. So I just want to remind you that actors should be reading fiction. Unless you are already, then please disregard this nag. But you know, it accesses a different part of your brain. It's that same part that is responsible for nuance and subtext and sarcasm and irony and, and charm, probably. Reading fiction also, it also gets you away from the argue, arguable things, you know, like facts. Shout out to Trumpistan. It gets you into the truths that make up being human. And the truth is what we're after. Because it's irrefutable. We know a truthful performance when we see one. We just know it. We might not know why we like it, or why it resonates, or why we respond. And that, and that's, and that's when we'll say stuff like, "How does Meryl do it? It's alchemy." Oh my God, it's magic. It's not. She does it by listening, and practice, and luck. Don't forget luck. Anyways, why am I yelling? So this brings me to well, what do you practice day to day? We are what we practice, you know? What do you practice? Are we out there in the world being honest with one another? I mean, you can't be honest all the time, right? In Canada, we pride ourselves on being nice, but niceness has a dark side too. It's not always the truth and there's no room for niceness in performance, you know? We need the truth and if, and if it isn't the truth, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lie, okay, to be less than effective. Lies are fine sometimes. Lies are necessary. It's the hidden agenda of nicest that I speak of, and it has no room in my class, okay? No more nice. 
Outside in the real world, why do you hold that door open for somebody? Are you waiting for them to, to thank you? To give you applause for holding a door open? Are you disappointed when they don't? When you let someone into your lane on the highway, do you curse them quietly when you don't see them madly wave? That's the hidden agenda I'm talking about. And that's the ego. Why are we being nice in the first place? Does it serve us or is it so others can throw us a parade? You know, the former, the former is making our world run smoother. That's why we'd be nice and polite out in the real world. The latter is us feeling appreciated. We don't want it, we don't need appreciation for just being a human, for just doing our job, for just making the world run smoother. We are here for others. That's why you hold the door open. If you only hold the door open in the hopes that they'll give thanks, you're in a state of want again. When dealing with humans, you'll never you'll you'll forever be disappointed. So why not hold the door open for others and disappoint them one last time? Just because it's helpful. Why not do it without expectation? Why not practice that? Why not do it because it'll prepare you to do other bigger things for others when the time comes? When I think back to what an idiot I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, I immediately think, what will you think of your 2023 self when you were in your 70s? It's a horrible thought that I'll still be a disappointment. And that when I'm in my 70s, I'll only be statistically about 10 years away from being in my grave. You know, thinking about the future just never pays. But yes, yes, I plan on being buried in a grave, not burned up. I don't like those vases laid out. I want to be laid out with a large bust of me on top. And maybe I'll have a large bust too, you know? Maybe my marble um, version of my head will come with cleavage. I mean, I am a fan. My epitaph will say something like, without my kids and my friends, that would have been a real slog. No, without my kids and my friends and gin, that would have been a real slog. Am I off track? So I can admit I'm running out of time, yet I still, I still resent people, their success. I can't stand smartless. Do you know that podcast? And I, of course you do, everybody does. It's like the number one podcast on earth for some reason. I mean, Will Arnett is really funny. He's cruel, hey? I like cruel comedy. If it's funny, if it's just cruelty, it makes me shiver. I say quit doing podcast celebrities. You know, leave the podcast to the rest of us. God, you got everything else. You got all this fun. You're having the time of your lives. And you got to take podcasts. Podcasts are so easy to do. They're so cheap. Everybody can do them still. We're still allowed to do them all. They didn't try and uh, put a bunch of gatekeepers on podcasts like they do pretty much everything else. And yet... You know, Will Arnett and Sean, what's-his-face, and Jason Bateman just go and do one, and it's the most popular, and it sells for $51 million to Prime and Wondery or whatever the... F <clears throat> I resent people endlessly. I'm petty for sure. But then I get over it, you know, like I just stopped listening to Smartless. That's all it took.
if people are working these days, you know, actors, I mean, it at least means there's some semblance of an industry still limping, limping along somewhere, right? So when I resent a fellow actor for their successes, you know, at first they can be like a BIPOC woman who's half my age and I'll hear them get a job and I'll just think, well, how come I didn't get that? But then I get over it because I'm finally maturing a little bit. Because I think, well, if they're working, then maybe I'll work one day too. Maybe. I don't know. You got to have hope, right? To my students, most of whom are non-union and non-white, I say, make hay. Make hay. I say it to them all the time. Now is your time to shine. It was my time to shine before. And that was, according to the history books, pretty much the entire time was my time to shine. <laughs> Oh my God, can you imagine if it wasn't? I mean, I've never been a great actor. Can you imagine if I didn't have my privilege as well back then? Fucking hell. Because I found that very difficult, that career. I found it very hard being like, being more passionate than capable. And now, holy, the shoe is on the other foot. To my locked out union brothers and sisters, there doesn't seem to be any work to resent. Our aim is true, and I just wish we could take our righteousness to the bank. You know, I say we strike. This is bullshit. What are we waiting around for? I really feel like I'd like to burn it all down. Ah, maybe I'm wrong. Hey, Will Arnett. I'd trade places with you in a second. In the meantime, try and get Jason Bateman's questions down below the 10 minute mark. You guys are fucking awful at this and I wish you would quit. Today on the program, advice to our younger selves. First up, Rebecca Northan, an old friend of mine that I went to university with, the University of Calgary that I learned how to improvise with um, she's a real master of it and an incredible actor and an entrepreneur. Hi, this is Rebecca Northan, and I am currently an actor at the Shaw Festival, but I also write and direct and improvise and teach and do corporate coaching and, well, anything and everything that falls under the umbrella of skills in the arts that pays money. So hmm, advice to my younger self, um, carry a really large umbrella that says success on it. Because if your umbrella is tiny and it just says, for example, TV actor, there's a lot more space outside of that umbrella than there is underneath. But if your umbrella includes all kinds of different things, teaching drama camps, working with kids, working in seniors homes, running a drama program, acting on TV, in film, on theater, busking, you name it. Um, then you can always be busy doing something that feeds you. That's, that's um, been my, both my experience and my advice to my younger self because certainly when I was younger, I thought I would only do one thing and a very wise professor told me I wouldn't. And at the time I was crushed, but now I understand. That's what I got from now. Ask me again in five years.
I don't know. Rebe was always a step ahead of the rest of us in the way she made stuff happen, the way she was a self-starter. And her work ethic and her talent and how funny and smart and sharp she was. So take it from her, a woman that knows. As my dad liked to say, he still says it, he's not dead. Uh, there's plenty ways to skin a cat. And Rebecca uh, knows that uh, better than anyone because of the way she has been able to survive in this business, um, especially as a woman, which makes it even harder. And now a woman of a certain age, you gotta stay lithe. You gotta stay flexible. You gotta stay less, less precious, not precious. You know, the, the, the moment we get sentimental about things are like, I'm this, no, but I'm that, and I can't do that then we've forgotten why we're in this. We're just here to perform. It doesn't matter how we do it. It doesn't matter if we're at the Shaw Festival. It doesn't matter if we're busking. As long as you're performing, you're scratching that creative itch. You're answering that call, the call that compelled you as a child to stand up and go, hey, notice me, I got something to say. I'm gonna affect you, I'm gonna make you laugh, I'm gonna make you cry, whatever it is. Get a job, keep performing. Find ways to make money performing. Carry a large umbrella, don't worry about it. We're here for a split second and then we're just back to being stardust. Dylan Reimer is an old friend of mine and a comedian that I met in Vancouver. He uh, co-started a room at the El Cocal, which was, um, restaurant. Yeah, it was 2000 when I started doing stand-up. And I would go down to uh, Dylan Reimer's room at the El Cocal, which was a Salvadorian place that was run by a crazy woman named Elizabeth and a crazy guy named Terry who wore a top hat. He was bald. He made the restaurant look like a medieval dungeon for some reason. And there'd be stand-up. And it was so great. And anyways, that's where I met Dylan, I think. Is that right? Am I remembering this right? I'm pretty sure. Hello, my past self. I have been instructed by my friend Jason Bryden, a good friend of many years, to offer my younger self some advice. Number one, don't go changing. No, that would that's not true. Okay, first off, I am Dylan Reimer. I am a stand-up comedian of 25, 25 years. The advice I have to my younger self is uh, don't place too much emphasis on talent and place more emphasis on ambition. Ambition, you, when people tend, romantic people tend to think that it's 95% talent and 5% ambition when in fact the reverse is true. Talent will come. And also you're not as talented as you think you are. You really aren't. But you will be more talented with more experience. So go out, take that acting course, uh, learn how to ride a horse firearms training, tap dancing, learn to play piano, anything you can learn in your 20s while you still have that energy and that and that brain that just soaks things up uh, will only help you in your 30s. Because once you settle into your 30s, you're, you'll have a, a bigger grab bag of experience and abilities and knowledge. And that, that will actually make you more talented, not less talented moving forward. Um, 
and for the love of God, shave those sideburns. That would be my advice to my younger self. Good luck to everybody out there. And um, yeah, compliment Jay on his beard. Um, he obviously wants it. Okay, goodbye everybody, and good luck in the future. I think uh, there's a lot of hair talk there right at the end. He did have big old mutton chops. Learn as much as you can when you're young. It's sort of like compound interest. You know, if you start saving $100 a month in your 20s and you keep going until your 60s, you'll have a million bucks or whatever. Just 100 bucks a month. I know when you're young, it seems like a lot. But if you start talking to your future self, it seems totally worthwhile to have a million bucks or whatever the number is. It's the same with learning when your brain is young. Did I do that? Did I do any of that? I mean, I really want to look back and think, yeah, yeah, you did some of that stuff, but I don't think I did. I was definitely working on drinking. I did that a lot. And, uh, and girls. I did have a work ethic, though. But it was sort of a slapdash. It was a shotgun approach to things. And I think what Dylan is uh, talking about is a little bit of focus, a little bit of aptitude. You know, focus on the things that will help you. Learn the stuff, take classes, and keep taking them. That's something that I still do, actually. I still, okay, now I feel good about myself because I have always taken acting classes. I've always taken breaks, but I've always taken classes from different people all over the place. Mostly because it's fun. It's mostly because it's really fun to be around other creative types. I miss them. You know, since moving to Toronto and raising kids, I've been hanging out with the people in my neighborhood. And they're great too, but they're mostly in finance, it seems, or responsible. And getting a teaching is now, now I'm around my, my crazy creative people. Where, whereas before, I always had to go back to Vancouver to be with the actors because I... Those are the people that I came up with and those are the people that I'm, I'm in charge with. You know, Dylan was just talking and now I've, now I've just turned it, turned it into about me again. Let's go to our next caller. Um, this is my singing teacher and uh, she is um, amazing. Listen to this. Hi there, my name is Elizabeth Davidson and I'm a singing teacher and a soprano in Toronto. I've been singing and teaching for over 25 years. My advice to my younger self is to keep breathing. Stay in the moment, keep your feet grounded, but always be balanced. You stopped breathing when you got busy. Don't take breathing for granted. Let your belly drop. Take up space and take your time. Stay aware and present and give grace to other voices who can inspire you. Stay curious and open to new things. Choosing to stay authentic is your superpower. Oh, and uh, wear proper shoes. My feet are killing me now. Love, love. Love, love. That's what she says. Love, love. That's her thing. Yeah, keep breathing. Stay grounded. Take your time and take your space. It's something that I tell my students nonstop. There is an epidemic of whisper acting because we're not allowed to have stomachs anymore. We all have to have flat stomachs and six-pack abs. So 
our voices, because of this, our voices are all in our throats. And, and we're afraid of, of bodies and we're afraid of each other. So we just talk, all of a sudden we just talk up here and, and then we get quiet because we see that on TV, I think. And, um, but we don't have lav mics in real life. So no one can hear us now. We're just, we're just slowly disappearing into nothing. Whereas I want people with bellies I want everybody's bellies hanging out and their butts loose, and I want you to be speaking from your from your fucking abdomen. I mean, that's that's our root. That's it. That's where it all begins. So I love that what Elizabeth said. It all starts with the breath, and she always says you don't need much. Don't don't show me you breathing. Like it's not it's not heavy. It's just there, you got it all in your bellows. If you let your stomach out, the air is there. Uh, what else did she say? Wear proper shoes, that's very important. I don't do dress shoes anymore. I did them for years. I, I wore a pair for the first time in a long time last year and uh, I had to go get a massage. My back was so out of joint just from, just from standing in them. So fuck that. I just wear running shoes now. I don't give a shit anymore. Stay in the moment. This is hard because it comes with a lot of societal baggage around how we fetishized and weaponized uh, meditation and being present. And if you're anything like me, if everybody's doing it and it's new and everybody's crowing about it, then you become allergic to it. That's what's happened to me. Is that now that everyone's talking about being present or meditating, I just want to stick a fork in someone's eye. So, my another teacher of mine in Vancouver, Ben Emanuel at Haven Acting Studio, who's so great, he talked about Betsy Rodenberg, this voice actor in New York and London. She talks about second circle. She calls it second circle. First circle is um, your, your insight. You're, um, you're shy. You're an introvert. Third circle is Donald Trump. You're out there. You're performative. You're loud. You're not listening. Second circle, right in the middle. Your act, you can hear. Your ears are still working. You're there. You're in the moment. You're present. Second circle. So during the day, like t earlier today, we were walking through the park. And um, the, the air raid show is on. That's not what it's called. The air show is on in Toronto right now, which is the, the worst time of year. It's worse than winter. The noise is so loud. We're celebrating death from above. The fighter jets going over way too close to the city. It's fucking deafening. So I had my earplugs in and I was nattering on about how much I hate it. And me and the kids were walking into the park and I saw all the trees and the traffic noise from Parkside Avenue disappeared behind me and there was a break in the plains and I just thought second circle, just sec just you're here in the second circle. And I wasn't, uh, you know, triggering my easily annoyed thing and, um, and I wasn't nattering to myself, I was just being present and when you're present you're open and when you're open you're curious when you're curious you're learning new stuff and you're not talking so much like me right now you're listening so i'm gonna shut up let's go practice being curious and listening and not talking great things happen when you shut up and listen for a minute unless of course the air shows on then you need earplugs but that's that's not what i'm talking about Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Bold Acting Podcast. I'd 
love you forever if right now you went and wrote a review. It's right on your phone. You see the episode page, you go there, it says leave a review. Yeah, just go there, just press five stars. You don't have to leave a review. You don't have to write anything if you don't want to. Just press the five stars, all right? And, um, and go to boldacting.com for more information. I'm adding new classes, a commercial acting class, an on-camera class, all at the end of September 2023. Um, kids classes, teens classes, uh, a class in Brampton, a class in Hamilton, um, and a class in 2024 on personal finance, which I'm researching right now, I'm so excited about. So there is a lot a lot to get into. Follow me on Instagram. That's at Jason Bryden of Canada. Find me on youtube.com slash Jason Bryden and uh, throw me a follow there and watch my videos and sign up for the newsletter, which is boldacting.substack.com. And, um, and I love it and I love you. And I'm going to shut up now. I'll see you next time.